0: This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. A podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers, by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hello,
1: and welcome to not your father's fundraising podcast this is episode 22, 22. how your donors are wrong <laughs> not all the ways
2: but a few yeah not
1: all the ways we didn't do this 101 ways your donors are wrong but these are just some reasons uh, how they're wrong why they're wrong
2: and how you get trouble
1: when they're wrong yeah yeah we're Maybe later we'll do how you get out of that trouble, but <laughs> we're just going to start. Every episode's about how to get out. That's of- right. Every episode's about how to get out of trouble. I am your host Ryan Thomas, Vice President at Oneicity. I blinked on that title for a second. I oh. apparently need to bring uh, business cards right, or so- or look look yeah. at a teleprompter. Yeah. You can have a name
2: tag. You look at. <laughs> uh, and I'm Steve Thomas, uh, still CEO and one of the founding
1: partners of Wanicity. You nailed it. You're ahead. We started this podcast because if you're in fundraising, you know that this work doesn't stop. There's no office hours. It's not 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. It's all day, all the time, and we had a podcast before having a podcast by having these conversations and talking fundraising in situations where no one else really wants to hear about. <laughs> donor retention and <laughs> ask a raise and... They'd really rather segmentation. Yeah, they'd really rather actually focus on the Super Bowl. That's playing. <laughs> so, uh, we we made the smart decision to keep friends and buy mics, and uh, so we've done that. And now you get to have a seat at our table, and you don't have to tell us to uh, shut up or or stop talking during the commercials. Uh, you just fast forward or go to the next episode. And Oneicity is a boutique ad agency, we're focused on fundraising and marketing for nonprofits and been in this for well more than a decade. And people on the team measure their experience in this work in multiple decades with plural. And no matter how much experience our team has, how many decades are involved, we want five star reviews. So half a decade of reviews or what we're looking for, for wherever you are listening to your podcast, get your podcast, give us a five-star review. All right, we'll take a three and a half or up. Just give us a review. Let us know truly what you think. The other avenue you've got for that is emailing questions, comments to podcast at winicity.com. And that uh, will tell us what you think. You can ask a question. We're trying to get, uh, we've got almost enough for a second mailbag episode. Yeah. And uh, that was fun when we did it the first time. And uh, we like to have that. Just like you should feed back to your donors, we like to feed back directly to our listeners. Not a great analogy, but we're going to go with it. Yeah, just keep, keep going. So first, our first segment is something we call Mail Call. This is something we've seen in the wild. This is fundraising or marketing or something tangently related to those things that <laughs> Steve or These I have come across. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're the arbiters of what is loosely related or applicable. Yeah.
2: And that's another place you can send an email and
1: have a snarky, well, I don't think that
2: was. Yeah, that was yet. not anywhere it was
1: close. was a bit of a reach. So um, I'll go first. Okay, yeah, good. And mine is something I don't have, something I didn't see in the wild. Oh. oh. Yeah, there's an organization that I support. They're local, they're pretty small, but I, I like them and I like what they do. They sent me an email, an e-appeal, a fundraising email back in, it was January or February, and it was fine. It was a little long, but not the longest we've seen, not the worst. And like, okay, good try, great, great, uh, You're doing, you're doing what you can. I randomly thought about them earlier this week and looked through my inbox to see, you know, Okay, what didn't make it past my filter, mm. my mental filter? What did mm. I just mark red? Mm-hmm. And I was gonna do, okay. Here, here are some bad subject lines they've been doing that I like them, but it didn't even get into my brain. Couldn't find anything from them, so I went into my spam and my junk, you know, all the filters. Couldn't find anything, and I haven't got an email from them since you know, I think it was January seventeenth. Something you like off. that. I, I've given. Oh, and I've got and I've gotten a thank you, but I haven't gotten a fundraising a marketing email from them, and at this point it's almost eight months.
2: They may be taking a break, yeah, I guess,
1: but you should only start something that you can not finish but carry forward and do repeatedly that fundraising email I got from them was it the first one they'd done, but it was maybe their second or okay. third? It got my attention, yeah. And what I think happened is they started that new strategy or that new initiative and couldn't get another one out.
2: When you're small, that's so
1: hard. Though. It's so difficult. Oh, man. But it it's better to just do what you've been doing and not try something unless you can do it multiple times. Before we put this podcast out, we had four or five episodes done and in the bag because we didn't want to be one and done. Because as a small business, uh, not only do we not have... We we don't
2: pay to have a sales dude, and we don't we don't have a lot of the the things one does to market. So you know we have to make sure that we're putting all of our uh, energy into serving clients Mm -hmm. before
1: we do the other. And uh, so you podcast listeners get the leftovers. (sighs) but they're great. Who doesn't love leftovers?
2: Well, that is kind of I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. That wasn't where I meant to go, but yeah. They're not the first time.
1: Nah, like it's that. fine. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It is so it's difficult. And yeah. I just, I would say it's worth if, if you wanted to do an email marketing and okay, we need to do that. We're going to do it right. Five up front, or at least yeah, topics. Get yeah. Get ahead. And then you can catch up. You've got room. And because the worry is I randomly thought of them from a business podcast perspective. Mm hmm. Most donors aren't gonna do that, and it, and most donors have probably forgot about them
2: Completely. in some sort of
1: way. Well, yeah. it goes back to the to
2: the I think the last episode we were talking about uh, frequency and staying staying mm-hmm. at keep, keeping something mm-hmm. in front of people. Yep. Well, and I, I think that's one of the things that if, if you're small, that's what happens when you you just have to um, make the commitment. And one of the reasons we have a podcast is. You're the guy who, once he makes a commitment and has a plan, it runs, hmm. and you don't have to worry about the vagaries of, of whims. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever <just> happens. <laughs>
1: block out the time, and you know you just and you just and fact, it. Turn on the conveyor We're recording belt. at a
2: non-standard time because
1: today just, because we because life came up and yeah. stuff happened, yeah. but okay, we catch up, we make it work. Okay, that was great. Yeah, so that so. If you're going to start something new, you should start something new. Always be trying and testing, but just make sure you can actually pull it off and repeatedly do it for yeah. a bit. I have a plan. Yep.
2: Okay, that was good. All right, my scene in the wild uh, comes from February. I I saved this uh, in my my Evernote file where I keep stuff, and then I lost it, and then I found just found it, and I thought, oh, this is awesome. So, and I have for reference, I have two feline references in this podcast this is the first one okay okay here's the headline shelter raises cash by lining litter boxes with x's names oh that's awesome <laughs> so it turns out there's a main animal shelter at, at valentine's day who they were offering and i believe the uh, donation level was five bucks that for five bucks they would write your Ex relationship's name, or just someone you didn't, like. You I didn't mean, like, person
1: of your choosing, on
2: a piece of paper and put it in a litter box for one of their cats
1: to poop on. Yeah, and, you, and oh, so fact, you didn't—you didn't even get no, no. It's not even a liner. for oh, no, no, no. So not even restrictive to you
2: having no, a no. cat. And here's here's the quote: "We'll write your ex's name on a small piece of paper and place it in one of our finest litter boxes. Then our cats will get to work." Our felines <laughs> promise to cover your number one X's with plenty of number two.
1: Oh, that's so good. Direct quote. Okay, um, that is so, so great. All
2: proceeds benefit our uh, all proceeds benefit our residents. Please visit the following blah blah blah. Uh, oh yeah, to declare your unlove this Valentine's Day. I, so this is one of the very few. Uh, let's call it negative or. Uh, uh, unpositive mm-hmm. emotion that uh, maybe this works and I think it's pretty limited to animal shelters maybe yep um, I, I guess I just I can't resist the, the urge to just say be cautious with this kind of stuff because it can certainly if you'll pardon the pun backfire on you and yeah so, okay? oh, that's a good pun that's all I'm gonna go with
1: okay I'll stop there all right stuff before we get out of trouble <laughs> I, yeah oh that's 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 one of those that I don't work for an animal shelter, but I think, I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's a good idea. The sloths will be using that. That's right. The sloths will be, uh, but it'll take a while. Sloths are slow. Yeah. Next, try this, something you should be doing if you're not already. Yeah. A lot of things in our episodes can be a long burn. There can be a long tail to put it together, get it enacted, like we talked about earlier, have a plan and be in place. This, not so much. This, as soon as the episode's over, you can usually put this into place very quickly and start to see results uh, very quickly after you put it into place. So, mine is bite-sized social. Mm, I like that. I saw a post from a nonprofit that I follow on on Facebook that was 20 paragraphs. I counted. So, (laughs) were they one sentence paragraphs? No. These were all proper english teacher paragraphs of at least on on my iphone uh three (laughs) to four lines scroll so we're looking at 75 to 85 lines of copy wow now it's on on an iphone so narrower than a piece of paper but of which most people are looking at social on an
2: iphone so yeah
1: ton of copy now was it riveting no okay um, and, th- and and so that's and well that oh, that's a great question because it goes to my point you'll find and we've all seen studies or tips and tricks that say longer posts are actually more engaging you, you get people to engage with it to read it to you know to do the post but that only works if what you're saying is engaging or somebody wants to make it all the way to the end of this rabbit hole you've put out yeah if you're just saying fluff because you read longer posts are good. So I need to just write a long post that doesn't work. So like with kids, what is bite sized is going to vary for your tribe, your followers, mm-hmm. but work to just communicate your message in the social post.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: See about how long it is. If you feel like it's way too short cause it's two sentences. Okay. Maybe add some perspective but don't worry so much about length, worry more about copy, because the right message is going to come through regardless of how many lines it is. Um, even hashtags are usually overrated. But, I mean, they're useful, but that's not the primary Over, hashtag, yeah, hashtag overrated. The All of those metrics matter, but the, ma- the metric that matters most is if you've got a compelling message, a point to your post. So... Don't write fluff posts. Go bite-sized. Get your message across. And test and watch your metrics. Yeah, watch
2: and see. Watch and see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, mine is. Uh, I'm, I I won't say. Uh, it's a it's a you should be doing because I'm afraid it'll go the wrong direction as other things do. Uh, but oh, okay. but this is in the category of 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 try this. So just stay with me a minute. So. If you've done this work very much, you've had a, and I'm air quoting here, a discussion with somebody. And what I really mean, what that's a coded term for is heated argument yeah, over what that photo, that expression Mm. on that person's face, what that really means.
1: And that, and that goes back to at times we've talked about sad, the need, the heartstrings photos versus success. Happy. Exactly. There could be a time where someone is saying, Hey, Here's our success happy photo. That uh, well, I they know. got a sad face. Or, no, or, they're not. They, they look their their eyes are smiling. Or oh. or it's 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 what's the
2: difference between pensive and angry, or mm-hmm. or happy and kind of almost angry again. looking. Yeah. yeah, you know. So so um, uh, you know we'll talk about some of the other kinds of the 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 sciencey nuances of, of that stuff at, at another time. But again, I here's a here's something that I, I did some time ago that, um, for audio listeners, uh, a Google photo feeler, and it's exactly the way you'd expect it. And um, all one word. All one. Well, yeah, or just just Google it. You'll get I scared. Google take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Google will Google it. Um, uh, what this is is this is a crowdsourced website. It began. I'm almost certain it began for dating sites. So, mm. say you you're, you're going to you rate a post of a photo on a dating site and you can't decide and all your friends yeah. can't decide either. Well, Market what, research? Yeah. What this does is let you do research and and get your photo rated. Now, I didn't look at the dating part of it, but the smart people who did this and I don't know who they are, they added a business. Level. Oh yeah, they're so, not dumb. Yeah. So, what it does is it will rank you on competency, lackability and influentialness uh, based on just the photo. Nothing else. No perspective. No perspective. No. no name. No nothing. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what I did was I posted three photos of mine of me, and I'll I'll show I'll put this on the the, the video, and if you email us, I'll send it to you. Um, and and I. Uh, and I I got forty votes, eighty votes, and eighty votes. Argue all you want to about statistical significance, whatever. So one of the things I did was there was a photo that we used of me that I've always hated.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: never could identify why I hated it. Right? I mean I I I
1: got a face for video. It was just right? a gut it's just a gut <laughs> feeling. It's like I just don't like that. You're not feeling it.
2: Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. And and there was something about it that just kind of made me go, that doesn't look good. Um and so these are three photos of me, uh, all wearing, you know, you know, pre COVID, uh, you know, this is, a, you know, vest one, and tie. one,
1: you know, one, you're in the, you're in a, a football uniform doing the Heisman. <laughs> no, I, I, oh, that are, one, that one, you're a ring top. <laughs> you're a circus <laughs> ring top
2: these, guy. These are all, um, business looking things. Yeah. You're all your vest roughly, and tie yeah, and yeah, pretty roughly much everything. the same thing. So on competency, one photo was an 8.7. One photo was an eight point, Was an eight That's a 6.5. Six point five. Thank you. I don't have my glasses. On. And the other one photo was a nine point five. Isn't that interesting? On Un- on Then on likability, the the first photo was a seven point nine. The one I don't like, mm-hmm. four point nine on likability. So they, drop, they just so don't, don't know. The know lowest. You. No, no. That, I, that's, a kind, of just a creep, that's kind of a clearly don't. That's kind of a weird know. look. And then on one photo was a nine point five. A nine point four. So all I'm saying is that on these rankings they differed. You don't want to. Here's here's how I suggest you using it. Um, uh, you, you you don't have these. Those are probably not metrics for anything other than your your website or blog photo if you're a nonprofit or LinkedIn or something mm-hmm. like that. But this is if if someone is telling you uh, that they know exactly how a photo looks. This is a great opportunity to guide somebody in how different photos can have very different, um, uh, people can have very different emotional reactions to photos based on nothing but just what they see. And this, you know, no one's sitting a lot uh, here studying. They're just click, click, click because what they do is is if they vote on enough things, then they get credits. So they they can can do a post for theirs. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's worth Photofeeler. Uh, yeah, it is all one word here, but, you know, let the Google do it. Um, and I believe it's Photofeeler.com. Uh, but you find yeah. it. I'll, I'll post it on the video, put it in the call notes, blah, blah, blah. Um, play with that just to kind of see, wow, that's kind of interesting how that have people with nothing but the visual hmm. make a determination. And we do that all the time. That is part of marketing and fundraising. It's just a thing.
1: Yeah. And alternately... If you don't want to use Photofeeler, you can email podcast at Winnicity.com and we will break ties for you. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll give you our, our votes on how competent that photo looks <laughs> or how likable that person seems to be. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. So we do a lot of different topics on this podcast. We talk about a lot of different things. But I would say the only commonality, the common thread between all 22 episodes has been donors. Yeah. This is all about going to donors because you can't fundraise without donors because that's who you're right. raising the funds from. Yeah. So we love donors. Yeah. They're the lifeblood of your organization. They're valuable both in the literal term and then in esoteric terms. But they're also wrong. <laughs> it can be easy to assume or think that the people who are giving you funds are who you should listen to about how about how you should do things
2: because they're stakeholders yep they're, they're part of our organization mm-hmm. they're our family
1: and we've told you to say they're part of the organization
2: <laughs> yeah because you're building relationships with them I was wondering how you were going to intro and get into
1: this because this... Yeah, because this is... So was I, actually. It's not easy. There are a lot... We joked in the open, there are lots of ways donors are wrong, but all of them, the other commonalities, all of them are well-meaning. Nobody is wrong on purpose trying to lead your organization astray. So, we don't have a numbered list this isn't like a couple episodes ago where we had a we had a top eight or something like that and and you have no alliteration that I'm aware of. You have feline references, but yeah, yeah. we're gonna get there. We're
2: halfway through those.
1: We're we're just gonna talk about a few ways donors are wrong, ways to possibly navigate around that if this is language or things you've heard from a donor, how to get out of that. And just reinforce that even though they are the ones who are replying to your appeals or newsletters or emails with the funds that help you accomplish your mission, there are times you need to say no. So I'll go first. Or just ignore them and not say no. Yeah, that may actually be better. I didn't I didn't get that email. Well, I had the no, spam filter. Thanks for the input.
2: That was thoughtful and yeah, well reasoned.
1: Yeah, well, that that's still a reply. <laughs> yeah. Into the shredder. The first one that I didn't rank these, but it's got to be the most common way donors are wrong. And probably the most common thing you hear from donors. If you do any type of direct mail is you don't have to mail me so often. Oh yeah. Don't give me all of that mail. I love your work. I love what you're doing. I don't need to be. Yeah. Don't waste that that paper. Yeah. Every time. We have seen a client, um, usually when we're with them, we're able to talk them out of it. But in the past, anytime we've seen someone stop mailing or reduce the frequency to a donor, results go down. That donor gives less, stops giving, and when you do it over a group of donors, that can have a huge impact on your organization. Brutal. It's horrible. And... The it can be tough to engage with a donor who's telling you, hey, don't talk, don't mail me so often. I don't need all of those reminders. But I would, if if they're having that kind of a frank conversation with you, I think it's it's okay to have sort of a frank conversation back and say, you know, I hear what you're saying, thank you for that input, but we've seen that even though no one realizes it, people need those reminders. And I just you're too valuable to us yeah, yeah. to let you fall off our wagon or to lose you and where we're going. Uh, as long as it's not going to just anger you, yeah. I'd like to keep mailing you because we've seen it. We've lost people and it, it just hurts me to think of the people we've lost because we don't mail them. Yeah.
2: And, and one of the things that, that happens is uh, with, with almost no exceptions, everyone who is your donor is going to be someone else's donor there are very few donors who are, are one-trick ponies or only going mm-hmm. only giving to one organization well what happens is the other guys aren't going to back off from their fundraising mm-hmm. and it's sort of like uh, they're going to they're still trying to woo that donor and you quit you know it's sort of like you know your you're not around anymore or your spouse you know you leave town for a year and it, somebody else is around. The relationship may cool slightly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, that, that's. And, and I, w- I just want to say because it's interesting. I was gonna. I was gonna make sure I. So that was my. That was one of mine as well. The thing I would say is, uh, with direct mail, donors often will link it to cost. They'll say, mm-hmm. "Don't spend that money." Yep. With email, they they often are still making those kinds of comments, but they don't link it to money. So. Email is often the, the a, a different metric, but it if you think impacts, you don't want to give away either. And, and you know your arguments are hundred percent correct. That that's what you say. And if you have the relationship, I you know you you can jokingly say, "Hey, look, someone else. You are you are too important. You are too powerful. You're too influential. Mm-hmm. You're too much of a whatever donor for me to to not let you know what we're doing." Mm-hmm. And the riskiest place in all of this is you, the leader, or you, the fundraising leader, don't know it's happening. Because mm-hmm. they talk to, let me talk to someone in the mailroom, a receptionist, uh, somebody else. And well, uh, well-meaning, well hmm? they just go in
1: and put do not mail on the record. Because so often, we, people on the team, people in the organization want to help make things good for well, the donor. Yeah, and yeah. if the donor had called and said, Hey, do you have any extras of that thing I got in the mail? Sure. We'll send it to you. Yeah. Hey, will you, will you not mail me? Oh, uh, sure. That's I, just a
2: couple make, button clicks. Make, make you happy. And, and so that is one of the things to, to educate the team hmm? and give them words. Yeah. Almost is, not quite a script, but copy points, but help them understand. And, and then here's another thing for another episode Part of what will bubble up in this is what your people really believe about your fundraising because your I, people, meaning people on the team, your team will reveal whether, cause I've, I've, worked in a situation one time where staff really felt like fundraising was sort of extortion. And, mm. and w- when I came in the organization, that was, that was kind of the thought and it took a long time to work through that. But you'll find out what your team believes about your work by how they respond to these donors. And so that's that, a good point. That may be something you want to work on, but, but give them words.
1: Yeah. All right. All right what's, what's another way you think donors are wrong?
2: Um, so uh, uh, we talk a lot about making sure you and the nonprofit see yourselves and 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 are portraying the, the, the outward the projection of your expertise. Not about ego, not about yeah. pride, but about I I we know what we're doing here. Our mission is thoughtful, it's not willy-nilly. We are proceeding in these ways. If you're faith-based, you know, this is something prayerful and, and God-oriented, however, whatever your organization does. Well. I know, and, and it's interesting, the the ones I put together, I, I can come up with, and, and I bet yours are the same. I know how these things happen in real life. Every one of these is some kind of conversation I either had with a donor or one of my clients had with a donor and had with me.
1: Yeah, these are all, I guess, kind of research cop-outs.
2: I <laughs> didn't do any research. <laughs> these are, these, wow, I just man. thought,
1: I know that one. <laughs> okay, I can, uh, I'll can. i just
2: draw on my own experience. So anyway, real quick. Um, I know of a couple, uh, at least two situations where donors try to influence the direction of the organization. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, not, you know, you, you ought to go from sloths to uh, helping children. I mean, a little bit of a, of a, of a turn. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened, the, the two examples I, I know of, it happened two different ways. One. There was some real estate that a donor wanted to give to the organization and get tax benefits, um, but they they were saying you should do this with this, and it's so nice because I'll just give yeah. it to you. Thankfully, the organization was able to navigate and think their way through that, and think with the donor and help the donor sell that piece of property and <laughs> give some portion of the dollars yeah. back. <laughs> you know, it wasn't quite as easy, but it kept them from having to tack. The other situation was somebody just got involved with the organization and then they had an, a, a, an angle on it that they were very passionate about, that was helpful and good and, and, and was change, would change lives, but wasn't the direction of the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's sort of like, uh, this is not the example, so you'll know, it's sort of like a summer camp. The summer camp had you know, they've got resources for helping kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's do an after-school program in the yep. other city. And so it was, wasn't was hugely tangential, but the leadership of the organization went, wow, that just is not our expertise. Mm-hmm. That's not our focus. And so donor well-meaning, absolutely Passionate. knew what to, knew, knew the ways to do it, was willing, again, and this is the way it often happens and why it's such a, a, a difficult situation to overcome, often willing to fund it or, or provide money mm-hmm. for it. So, yeah, just be careful when, when a donor wants to help you guide your mission and direction. Great. Love your passion. <laughs> However. Yeah. And those are hard, those are those hard are, conversations.
1: Those are, really, those are really hard. The other one I thought of or another one I thought of was uh, I've heard a lot of people saying, I don't need, I don't need a story. Oh, or I don't oh. need a sad story. Okay, I mine was uh, when they want you to shift
2: for, uh, shift to investment language and stop with all that emotion. Yeah, and okay. it,
1: where that comes usually comes from in the donor's heart is, I, I don't need you to pull at my heartstrings, convince me to give to you. I already like you. I love what you're doing. Uh, maybe I'm a little more informed than that first donor saying, "Don't mail me at all." Mm. I know I need the reminder. I need to remember who you are, but that's all I need is a reminder. Send, me, send me a postcard <laughs> saying, hey, don't forget to, to give your gift around this time. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> don't send me a story. I don't need the emotion. Yeah. That also, uh, you can't do that on a per donor basis, but anytime you move away from emotion, you are going to see a downward turn, a decrease, um, negative results. Oh, yeah. Because whether the donor knows it or not, that emotion is what got them in in the first place and maybe now at this point they're riding uh, the high of that emotion or the effects of it but eventually like a roller coaster that's going to come down and you need the emotion to bring you back up and then more practically to your point someone in the mailbox or inbox <laughs> is going to be coming in hard with emotion <laughs> and the heart wants what the heart wants and it's just you, you, Ooh, look over well here. if you want if
2: you want someone to reach conclusion reason mm-hmm. with them. If you want them to make a decision or take an action, give them emotion. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's how it's like gravity and the sun rising in the east. Yeah,
1: and to, and to double-check my <laughs> <had> real quick. <laughs> I,
2: you notice my, sure. my, my word rate slowed down as I made sure it is just just the It's a quick
1: mental east. Google yes. in the east. And
2: I, and I even had the thought, well actually it's because the earth is turning, so it's not. Really well yeah, we're yet. not
1: gonna bring Copernicus okay. into this. Whoa, well done. Okay, well don't draw a ton of attention. We're not 100%. I'm not 100% sure that's correct. It is Okay, us. okay, all right. I'm
2: fairly sure. Or Plato. Email, podcast
1: at <laughs> one if we, If you're a science teacher on the side, in addition to fundraising, we and got you that have, wrong.
2: And you've just had some a, a flash of nausea.
1: Just threw and your a, phone <laughs> into the wall. <laughs> this is
2: what's wrong with the, you, the kids horrible. today. <laughs> I don't know anything. What generation are you again?
1: I'm a geriatric millennial
2: millennial so millennial they just they don't know anything. about to cash in my social security there you go Well, good because we're spending as <laughs> fast as we can <laughs>
1: well, that's good boomers. that was good that's good go boomers all right what's another one you've got um give us another reason why donors are wrong steve <laughs> okay um that's made for a soundbite that, that was that was good yeah. um
2: so uh, i'm gonna go to akin to what you were saying Donors will tell you, hey, stop all that validating thing. I know you guys. I trust you. Just give me whatever the IRS requires. In fact, I'll just stop by the office and pick it up. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. have to do any of that fault at all. Because just like with the, the, uh, the fundraising thing, they think they're helping you. And exactly like the fundraising thing, that will lead to that donor eventually wandering off. And so just like with with the fundraising, if you have a donor who's saying, hey, don't send me validation stuff. I know I trust you. You're 100 percent. I'm with you. Just say to them some version of totally get that. You you need to know it is a stewardship Hmm. thing. It is us being faithful to what we know you want done. And I'm not going to stop telling you the difference you're making in the world. It is wrong for me to do that. And, And this is one of those few places I would say, then you draw this line and say, if you don't want me to tell you the difference you're making, you have to stop giving. Now that's one of those not fun things to say, but here's what that will do to a donor is that will do nothing but reinforce who you are and that the feedback and the validation
1: you're doing is central to the message. And that's that's really important. And often, psychologically, we want to stay consistent mm. And by putting up that, uh, I guess that's sort of a roadblock by yeah, saying, hey, yeah. if you don't want this validation, you need to stop giving and doing this thing you like doing and you have been doing, Weirdly and counterintuitively, that often makes us more entrenched in doing this action. Yeah, because because you're because that that's lift
2: you, you you've lifted your you put mm-hmm. yourself on a place that is high ground. I and, mean
1: that is beautiful. Now to be clear, we are not advising that as a strategy. You should do <laughs> to <if> everybody if you're <laughs> if you're looking to raise average <laughs> gifts or raise donor <laughs> retention, just go around and tell people that. But in those conversations, that can be a scary line to say yeah. to a donor. Use that tidbit as courage of very likely that is it going to end up making that donor want to give to you more often and more and be more passionate about you than it is going to turn them off and then say, okay, then great. And, and obviously how you deliver this message is is critical crucial
2: you don't want to do this in an email or a letter <laughs> or a text message <laughs> or a text message or on the phone if you can avoid it i mean the, the phone
0: is better is that's, that's the
2: better you want you want the tone to carry across and your your authentic authentic voice speaking to the donor about your passion for the
1: way you're changing the world hmm. that's a time you don't need the fundraising tone in the letter you need the this is just You and me right here on a Zoom at a coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. I like it. All right. My other reason or another way a donor is wrong is, again, this goes to fundraising. You don't have to give me so much stuff. Oh, yeah. I need a postcard at most with a reminder to give. Because I will. I don't need the letter I don't need that slip where I've got to put my information down and send it back. I don't even need that envelope. Yeah, because my broker just sends it I, in. I just I, call them and they. I know how it. all this works. I know how to do it, but again, like everything else, if you follow their directions, it isn't going to work, and it's going to decrease the amount of uh, emotion, the amount of contact. Uh, every one of those pieces we talked about the publisher's clearinghouse a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. There's some weird psychology about having multiple pieces for them to look at in that process. You remove that. And not only do you make it, there's less thud factor when they're, their significant other, or, you know, if they're in a, a big house, the, the person who brings in the mail, drops it down on the desk in the study, there's no thud because there's less in it. There's less for them to engage with and go through that process and that funnel of giving to you. Mm-hmm. So don't listen to them about that. Keep putting stuff. Just stuff your envelopes full of pieces, everything. Up to one ounce. Well, yeah, up to <laughs> one. I mean, point nine. Invest. Invest in the scale that goes to four past the decimal, and just get right in there.
2: That's good.
1: That's, All right, to me. Yeah, yeah, to you. And um, we we don't rehearse this, so neither of us really knows when the other one's out. We're just, we're, this is like volleyball. We're just volleying back and forth I, until I, I, I will be out
2: after this one. Okay. So for clarity, um, except for just the vast reservoir of experience that I'm drawing from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, uh, and, and I, you, this is a little related to that is, uh, 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 people who, and it, this is often, um, uh, I'm just going to call it, uh, you will see this often with boomers who have been successful in, in their view of the world. Business people, okay. entrepreneurs, um, some of the professions are classic in this. And they, because they are experts over here, transfer that expertise over here. And so because uh, I'll just impugn attorneys, just because I'm a very successful attorney, I also understand you, the nonprofit, how you should operate and more importantly, how you should be doing
1: your marketing and fundraising mm-hmm. because blah, 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 or, or even worse, I've done marketing for I,
2: an auto body shop. Uh, yeah, nothing auto, wrong with that.
1: Yeah, but that's not the same. Yeah. So, um,
2: <laughs> I, I will never forget. Having a, it didn't start out heated, but it got there. uh, Conversation with a leader who was um, who had fallen into this and was basically listening to a admin in their office about a rather technical part of fundraising. This good size organization, there were a lot of lot of levers and 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 uh, dials to be twisting, and and. the conclusion this leader gave me was, we're all experts in marketing. And my clarifying volley was, what does that mean? He said, he said, everyone is an expert at marketing and he's not only waving at, at me and our team, but waving
1: just kind of around to the world. Was he just saying that because we all get the million marketing messages so a that's day. Exactly.
2: And, and, that's, and that's what I was for once, Thoughtful enough to come back with, I said, no, no, no. We are consumers of marketing. That doesn't make us experts at marketing. So it it is really easy to. to, And what happens is this is a Dunning Kruger kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. There's a variety of things that are that are at play here. But this is the hard one to Aikido and Judo because often it it is. Uh, someone you really, you know, you, you can't pick a fight. You can't win a fight with a board. You can't win a fight Mm -hmm. with, you know, a board chair or, you know, so there, you don't want to get it to that point. And, and often you can't reason your way out of it. And so one of the things that, um, I would recommend doing as a, when you get to that point where, where, you know, it's, it's, as I would say, there's a little antler behavior going on there. Um, that's a great place to say, well, because I, I I know I'm a marketing expert, and if you are also a marketing expert, you know the importance of testing. So huh. let's head-to-head test this. And then you design a test. And that is a couple of things. One, that gives you a shot at... Um, um, proving your point. <laughs> well, I was going to say not driving the organization to the ditch. Well, okay, but, true. Yeah, and, and proving your point. It protects your expertise. And then here because I am I have been in a rodeo or two with this, there are some things that are counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And at least once, multiple times actually, someone's crazy idea has turned out to be good enough that with some adjustment that can become a workable thing.
1: There there's a reason we don't any longer bet with money on if tests are going to work. Yeah. Cause I got to keep my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there, there are some sharks on the team. Yeah. <laughs> it, the I'm broken. So I'm I, an additional benefit I'm going to point out is often when someone has to take ownership and put, money where their mouth is on their idea. And instead of just naysaying, they have to actually do it. Exactly. All of a sudden they're a lot less confident in their idea being the gospel and the exact right way to go. And they've backed off. And you have then a chance because just
2: making someone wrong is it, That's just not a relationship building tool. At least the way I operate it's fun way- <laughs> but it's not a relationship
1: building maybe people.
2: there are people who can make that work I don't know um, but but in a if you if you agree on a test that does a couple of things one it, it gives you a shot at maintaining the relationship mm-hmm. second thing is it gives you some time right? yeah. and in in those conversations meetings whatever where there is a like okay from here from here we're gonna do this like oh but if it's from here, we're going to devise a test. We're going, to, we're going to figure that out. We're going to find the right time. A lot of things. And, and that gives you time, one, to think a little bit more about it and, and have a, a, a reasoned approach. Because often these kind of things happen in a moment and you're trying to scramble, 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 <laughs> figure this out. Um, and that it also, you as I say you may learn something significantly valuable and what a cool thing to be able to go back to that person because you really should and say you know turns out i i'm really and if you're able to this is it doesn't kill you to say i was wrong this you're not curing cancer you're not you know identifying a tumor in someone's brain this is about fundraising and marketing and there are some
1: variables. I mean, it just—it just is. I didn't think that stupid envelope was going to work, but look at this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it went great. <laughs> right there. So, what's your next idea? <laughs> yeah. What else you got rattling around? In marketing expert. Yeah, marketing expert. <laughs> Let us know what expert. you got. I mean, anybody get lucky once? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, and that's. If you
1: can one. have two ideas, that you're then you're yeah. closer. Three, yeah. you can call yourself an expert. It's like an ace in World War II until you <laughs> shoot three planes down. Can't I like that. you? Can't give yourself that title. I
2: thought it was
0: five.
1: It's a prime number, either way. If you're if you're an ace, email us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, if you're an ace, okay. All right, the one I, the one I had left was really similar to that, so we're just gonna okay, go with that. All right, all right. So let's go to on your radar. These are things that you and I used to pass back and forth that aren't always fundraising related, but things we both felt, hey, you ought to read this when you get a chance. Take a look at this. Have you checked this out? Put it on your radar. Get to it when you can, but it's worth getting to. So you go first.
2: Okay. Uh, My second, this is my second for those keeping score, Um, my second feline reference. Um, If you are uh, a Netflix consumer, you were aware of the series and you may have actually consumed it the way a lot of us did uh, called Tiger King. Okay. About the guy in Oklahoma, Tigers, right? That was fun. Yeah, that was good. We're not going to... I see the feline part. Yeah, I got got it. So one of the... one of the the sub sub uh, themes subtexts. subplots is, subplot subplot excellent uh, was about big cat rescue, which is a Florida. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! <laughs> yeah, it, it's a Florida um, uh, a exotic animal rescue organization, and and it's really funny when Chris and I were on vacation in Florida one time um, pre.
0: Pre Tiger King Pre
2: Tiger King uh, we we visited this because I was kind of curious about it and and Chris was actually had begun to be a donor and and so She's a big cat person. She's a cat person. Well, she's well, a cat person. Yeah, I was going to say she's a she is a uh, passionate There you go. Th- cat person. Thankfully we don't have any big cats. Yep. Um so uh, I don't want to get into a lot of this, except to say, previous episodes, I we have we have joked about NFTs, yep, and, yeah. and I you know I, Which I, I'm a fan of in, in, in the right in the yeah. right market and context, and, and we have we have I I think we've joked about NFTs for fundraising. Well, uh, Big Cat Rescue, I think might have uh, found a way. To use NFTs for and so what they're what they are doing is and I, I very obviously, but I want to be clear, I'm not an NFT expert by any means, um, but they are doing uh, NFT f- uh, art photos as fundraising of their animals. And so you get the NFT benefit, you get it, you get imagery counted, numbered, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. the, the scarcity guaranteed by the by, the software of, of these animals, of these big cats. And so I thought, okay, that actually that could, could, work. could fit yeah. into, it doesn't, it's not a real long push. It doesn't focus mainly on technology. They're still in the stream of people who love the big cats. So, yeah, big cat rescue, NFTs, you can get in on the ground floor right now. That's right. I, I will comment, 80% of the, of the, of the profits go back to the cats. So they are, so our previous references about not being clear to the donor mm -hmm. about what's going on. Very clear. Again, I'm not endorsing big cats. I, I, after having watched tiger King, I kind of have some wondering, but anyway, uh, it's, it, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk someday about, about outside refer, outside examinations of organizations, how awkward and unfair, but also revealing Mm -hmm.
1: that can be. So there you go. So mine is uh, in advance, or at least when we're recording this, this is in advance, Um, but on September 28th, a book comes out by a guy that you and I both like, Ryan Holiday. Oh, yeah. And he is a stoic, um, and not in the emotion, but in the philosophy field of stoicism, and Marcus Aurelius and lots of other ancients but then uh, lots of leaders and professional athletes have uh, taken his not adaptation but explanation he makes stoicism very accessible oh yeah not what you thought it was and yeah. explained it it helps you think it helps you attack uh, fear it helps you think about how how to deal with problems? How to his big famous one um, that starts a trilogy is obstacles the way yeah. and how to take a problem an obstacle in your path and actually turn that into the way to move forward or actually make it the solution to your problem. And that sounds very counterintuitive, but it it's, act, it's on the trilogy. third on the third read it made sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But he's starting a new trilogy of books about core emotions or traits in mm. stoicism.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: And so this first one is called courage is calling. Mm. And mm. he says, it's all about overcoming fear and then embracing courage. Oh, nice. And I, I'm very excited for it. I have uh, already pre-ordered on Amazon Good and for you. I haven't done that in a while. So I'm hoping it actually shows up on the day and not just swipes my card on the day and then two days later, but whatever. Yeah. In the reason it matters, not just because it's cool to say, Hey, I'm into stoicism, but fear, anxiety, uh, there's that is a huge part of what we do in fundraising because you are passionate about your mission, and the fundraising literally is what makes this go and what enables you to accomplish your mission. And it can be scary to know if what you're doing, the strategies you're laying out, are going to work well enough that the mission can continue. Mm-hmm. And one of the big tenets in stoicism that speaks to me is understanding what I can control. Mm-hmm. Focus on that. Don't focus on the things I can't control, which in our world is don't focus too much on the post office. Can't control that. Mm-hmm. Just make the best appeal, write the best newsletter. We can get it from the printer on the, on the right day we can. And then at that point, it's out of our hands if it's gonna hit mailboxes on time. You yeah. can't stress about that. There are plenty of other things to stress about, other places to hunt. And I would say going into, when we're recording this, we're going into the fall season, reading even summaries of stoicism will be helpful in your work, and you may not think you'd see it in the actual results or in the actual product, but I know for a fact you will see the benefits in being up late less. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you did that. I, I just, I can't
2: resist saying, um, holiday introduced me to Marcus Aurelius. You referenced. And, um, I, I, not literally cause Marcus is dead. Well, that's true. Um, uh, in, in meditations, which is the classic, uh, he, it, as as someone who follows Jesus, um, you know I, I'm careful about who I listen to, mm-hmm. and I found very few places where Jesus and he were at cross. Mm-hmm. Often it was like, "That's exactly. Oh yeah, mm. I get that. I know, I know, I know that verse about this and. So if you're a person of Christian faith, if you follow Jesus, it, it meshes well. Mm. There'll be very there'll be very few bones you have to throw out. And Holiday's
1: a good dude; he really is. Mm-hmm. And it, and again, it's accessible. If you were to pick up meditations, that can be a little deep if it's not, you know, if it, if it's not with a companion yeah. study. But yeah. if yeah. you read Holiday's books, um, football teams, basketball teams buy his book in bulk Every, make everybody read it everybody is is paying attention to him yep yeah cuz stoicism works getting control of your brain and control of your emotions no matter what you do whether it's fundraising basketball running a racing team that will benefit if your emotions are in check and in control mm, that's great love that so this was episode 22 wow that went by not sure father's fundraising podcast we feel like it went by pretty fast it's yes. easy for us to go fast when we're like hey this is why these people are wrong they're wrong this way <laughs> it's, e- it's easy to just naysay and point out where people are wrong nothing we more can,
2: fun than being a critic that's right, right.
1: we can just roll it's all like those day
2: two old guys the that oh, are yeah. up in the muppets oh yeah
1: i forgot their names so they're great if you know their names um tweet us yeah but on our next episode episode 23 we're going to talk about why Kindergarteners are the demographic that you aren't mailing acquisition enough. Oh, of course. No one is going after that. That's beautiful. You got to go deep. Yeah. Go out of those guys. Send us your five-star reviews. Email any questions to podcast at oneicity.com. And thanks for listening. I'm Ryan Thomas. I'm Steve Thomas. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.